Today we're talking the most surprising position group for the Gophers, the edge rush and why it could be so much better in 2023. And then we're going to talk about the edge across the entire Big Ten for our ranking. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You are listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, last week, we talked about every single position group on the offensive side of ball. This week, we're covering the defense, and we're kicking it off with the edge rush position. Now, the defense has a lot of questions for the Gophers, so if you want to learn about the depth charts and who's coming up and who could be stepping up into some major roles, be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. Follow wherever you get the podcast at Lockdown Golden Gophers, and don't forget to leave a five-star review so other Gophers fans can find the show and we can continue to build the community. Now, we are just over one week out from Gophers game day, official game number one on August 31st. We're 10 days away. It'll be here before we know it. But today, we're talking about that edge rush. And these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes waiter for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team even faster and for free. You can post about your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Now, let's talk about this edge rush. Let's talk about how it has all of this elite talent. It has the skill set. It has the athletes in the room. But can the new defensive line coach, Winston DeLatibadir, bring it out of that room? Now, I always tend to almost trip up or do trip up on Coach Winston's last name. So we're just going to keep running with Coach Debo because it just rolls off the tongue nice and smooth. But the Gophers absolutely struggled to create an effective pass rush in 2022, especially when it came to getting home and finishing on sacks. Minnesota was 118th in the country in sacks last season with 19 on the season in 13 games. Now on a per game basis, that was the lowest in the entire Big Ten, but it was second lowest when it came to total sacks, only ahead of Northwestern, who had 18 sacks, though Rutgers had 20 and IU had 19 and a half. So all four of those teams were in the lower tier for creating sacks on the season. Now, that being said, Ja Joyner was one of the highest players when it came to creating pressures. I think he was like the eighth or the ninth highest player in created pressures last season, but he just wasn't able to get home on the quarterback. But you've got a ton of talent in this room, especially with what we've seen from the offseason and the development when it comes to Jod Joyner, Jalen Logan Redding, and Danny Strigal. All of them are back. All of them have had growth. And it has been mentioned since the spring how much steps these guys have taken, especially Jalen Logan Redding in the leadership department and in the confidence department. Even talking to Jalen Logan Redding last week, he had mentioned that the biggest thing that has changed from him from last season through this offseason heading into year 2023 
is his confidence. And his confidence has been everything. He feels more confident about it. He feels ready to get in there. He feels like he's going to make some noise in this upcoming season. And he is very confident about it. And I love to see it. I love the attitude and the swagger that he's been bringing. He is a very well-spoken player. And so it's always great to hear him in those pressers. But he also talks about some of these other guys, these other players, and how important versatility is in this defensive line room. Now, we'll touch on that in a little bit later, but with those three guys kind of leading the helm with that leadership, with the confidence, and helping these guys feel like they can make a difference here, then you add in another veteran player in Darnell Jeffries who came from Clemson. He had his first year with Gophers last year, was getting more and more involved in the system, and now you see him often rotating in with the ones you see him rotating in on inside defensive line you see him rotating on the edge sometimes like I said that versatility is huge for this team but the two names that absolutely have fired me up for this upcoming season that give me hope that paired with that veteran leadership we can take the next step and really get home and create chaos and cause passers some absolute agony well, the two names that absolutely helped me push to that next level for me are Chris Collins, the transfer from UNC. We didn't get to see him too much in the spring, but he is now on the team. He is now rotating in with the ones. He brings some great twitchy creativeness from that edge rush position, and it's nice to see him bouncing back from that injury. But then you've got Anthony Smith, who I have been talking to you all about since last year on this show, and how excited, how talented he is, the size, the athleticism, the speed. He pops off when you look at him on the field. He really stands out. Now, he had a red shirt last year, but it was not difficult to see all of the potential. He's taken some major strides, and he's heading into year two with a lot of expectations, with a lot of upside. In fact, if anyone, if you hear anyone talk about Anthony Smith, you hear coaches, you hear players talk about him, you can see that his time is coming. Coach Flex said this about Anthony Smith in the last presser. Well, well, Anthony Smith, I mean, he's a really good football player. I don't think that's hard to figure out. You know, the NFL scouts come up and say, hey, who's that guy? Said, you can't touch him just yet. <laughs> uh, not yet. And he hasn't really even played a ton yet. This year he's going to play an awful lot, but you're going to see him. You know, you look at that dead position. you got Jalen Logan Redding, John Joyner, and him. Uh, and then the ability to move all those guys around on third down. I mean, and, and you talk about Anthony Smith earning it every day. You look at how well, like sweaty they are when they come off the field. <laughs> I mean, nobody's sweater than Anthony Smith. Uh, maybe Devin Williams. And when you look at those two guys fighting for the ability to play, start, not only that, play significant time, and know that they're a major poor, uh, major part of this football team, they're earning every single thing that they do. Uh, Devin has really matured. You talk about somebody who's gone from immature to mature in a very short amount of time, Devin Williams has. And I mean the immature part, just have to, want to, wasn't always matching. And as young people, that's the definition of an adult, when have to and want to match. But when you're still a kid and you come here, it's hard to have that. Uh, make your bed. I don't want to. They don't understand the importance of it. Not to say we make them make their bed. But you know what I'm talking about when I say that. And you watch Devin develop, not only as a really good linebacker, but a really good football player. The read and diagnose, the key and diagnose, the, the ability to keep his eyes up, play in space. He's really worked really hard in the offseason to earn the spot that he has. And, you know, again, we haven't necessarily put down the depth chart of exactly who's in there yet, but uh, both of those guys are going to be really hard to leave off the field. 
And it's not just Coach Fleck. Even his teammate Jalen Logan Redding, who we spoke to in last week's presser, had the following to say about Anthony Smith. Well, along with John, but talking about him, Anthony is just a stud. I mean, he's really grown into the role that uh, Coach Fleck has given him, and not only that, the defensive ends and the D-line room has put on him. He really, he's really selfless. He, at times, can get over <laughs> selfless, and I gotta tell him, hey man, you're good. You're really doing what we ask of you, and you're doing all the things that you're supposed to do. It's not gonna come all at once, but you're on the right track to become something great. And the thing is, he's gonna be great. I can definitely see it, not only in his body style, but his mentality when he attacks the field. Not only that, seeing the plays that he's making at ball camp, and seeing how that can translate to the field, especially at the age that I was at, the age that he's at now, that I was at, of course, um, he's definitely going to make some headways in the future and now. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time. So, Anthony Smith is going to be on the field a lot, and it should help others on the team like Jalen Logan Redding, like Jaha Joyner, like Danny Strigow with getting home because people are going to have to pay attention to this kid and it's going to create other openings for his teammates. So, what is the difference from last year's struggles to this year's potential upside? That difference is coached. Winston, AKA, AKA Coach Debo. He brings the energy, he brings the fire, he brings the swagger, the understanding, the experience, but most importantly, the respect. He speaks with players, having been through it all recently as a player here at the U of M, but also with a level of dignity. And he speaks as a teacher as opposed to a superior. So the thing that is very apparent when talking with Coach Debo, with Coach Rossi, and players on the defense is the work is in the details, the finer details, the intricacies, understanding the how, the why, and the positioning, and how your role on your assignment on given sets plays into what, what the outcome is. You might not be the player that is designated to create the pressure or the opening for the set. You might have to take two offensive linemen so that way somebody else has the advantage to get to the quarterback quicker. So it's helping to set the advantage for other teammates and to have an advantage faster and to create leverage against the offensive linemen, to use opponents' momentums and trajectories against them. Coach Winston brings a change of energy and environment from this room. But the early returns we have seen in the fall have shown some real promise across the defensive line. In fact, Coach Fleck has mentioned how this may have been the best work he's seen from a defensive line coach in his time as a head coach. That is why there's some excitement for the progression of the pass rush. But we still have to see it come to the field on Saturdays. So let's talk about the edge position heading into 2023 and why this room might be the most intriguing room to me in the 2023 year. First, let's talk to you about our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, like I said, these days, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates out there. Not just the best, but a wide variety, a huge selection, one of the biggest networks out there. Well, that's LinkedIn and you can check it over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And so it's super easy. You create a free job post 
on LinkedIn jobs. Then you add your purple job hiring frame on your personal profile so others can see that you're hiring and help recommend people in their networks to your position as well. Then you've got simple screening tools or simple tools like screening questions that make it really easy to focus on the candidates that might be the right fit for you. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and you can post about your job for free over at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college post about your job for free terms and conditions apply all right gophers fans so we are talking about the edge rush position on the depth chart today and this is a harder position to really place who you think will be the starters versus maybe the key rotating pieces because this is the position along with the interior defensive line that rotates the most for the Gophers. You're going to see probably five or six different edge rushers rotating into this role throughout the season in, in a large capacity. But the edge in the pass rush has become a major priority for the Gophers in their transfer acquires, in their recruiting, in their everything they're doing. Defensive line, edge rush, and pass rush has been a high priority. You got adding the new coach in Winston De La Tibidier. You've got his experience with Oregon's program in the pass rushing summit out west. And then you've got their recruiting and their recruits they've really been pushing for, but also the ones that they've actually been getting commits from. There is a high priority on this position both now and for future years to come. But when we're looking at this upcoming season, I think the starters you're going to see in there from day one, you're going to see Jalen Logan Redding and Danny Strigow. I think those are the be the players you see take the first snaps of the game, probably. You know, like I said, it's a little harder to determine, but those two seem to be kind of the leaders in the forefront of the defense, especially in this room, and they'll set the tone. But from there, you've got Jalen Logan Redding, who's got this new confidence about him, and he has a ton of versatility that he can play on the outside, but he also can kick on the inside as well. And that versatility, like we mentioned in the first segment, and Jalen Logan Redding talked about how important that is for them because it helps make other players strong. You might not always be the strong player that is coming in that's going to get the look, that's going to get the chance. But if you know your role and you can kick inside and now all of a sudden they're like, why is 97 on the inside? Usually we see him play from the outside. And all of a sudden, uh, ja, ja, Jeffries, that's who I'm looking for. Darnell Jeffries is kicked on the outside and coming through. It, it just adds confusion. It causes hustle and bustle. It causes the offensive line and maybe the quarterback who is keying in on the defense to have some some flashes of panic, some flashes of what is happening. Oh, wait, this player is – it's harder for a quarterback to recognize where the pressure is coming from. So Jalen Logan Redding and the versatility he brings, he'll be playing both inside and outside, but probably more on the outside. Danny Strigow will be a starter out there. He had some nice flashes in the 2022 season. Both of them have developed over this offseason. But the next people up, the next people up are the ones that I think will cause the most chaos for quarterbacks and probably get home the most. And that is Anthony Smith, Ja Joyner, and Chris Collins. I think all three of them are going to see a heavy amount of snaps. They have a ton of upside. We've already talked about how Ja Joyner had over 30 pressures last season. I would not be surprised to see him with three or four sacks on the season. If he can push past four, he's going to have an epic season for this team. But I expect that three or four sack line 
for him. I think Anthony Smith will put his name in that conversation as well, and his athleticism is going to give tackles a lot of problems. So Ja Joyner and Anthony Smith are a dangerous pairing out there. They might not always be paired at the same time together, but when they are on sets, if those two are ever paired together, which might be few and far between because they tend to play a similar role, but if they do, that's going to be crazy. That's going to be the times where opponents don't know what to do. But when you're talking about it, if even when they play the same position, you got Ja coming through, then you've got Anthony Smith coming through, then you got Jalen Logan Redding coming through, all from that same position, you don't get a break as a quarterback or as that left tackle, right tackle, whoever they're coming against. You don't get a breather because all of them bring that athleticism, that bend, and that speed. So that is going to be a very nice one to see. And then you've got Danny Strigow, Chris Collins playing similar roles as the rush end. I think Chris Collins is going to be a very nice depth piece, a very nice rotational player in this defense that will be important. And it has been nice to see him back from the spring when we didn't get to see him on the field due to his injury. Now, the last player that I think will be in that rotation for heavy opportunities when it comes to the edge rush is Darnell Jeffries. I think he'll mainly play on the inside interior defensive line, but there will be moments where they kick him outside, create a little chaos, and cause it to be more difficult, like we were saying, to key key in on where the pressure is coming from. But when we're talking about the future of the edge rush position, of course, we've got a couple more years with a lot of those guys that I've mentioned. But I think the young and upcoming guys to keep an eye on are guys like Hayden Schwartz, who had absolute moments last year in his redshirt season in the fall camp and then the Rofers periods where we saw some nice flashes of brilliance from him. We saw some moments where we're like, okay, he could put this together and he could be a guy that you definitely want to look at in future years. Hayden Schwartz has that. Carter Menz comes in as a 2023 class guy, the only edge from this class. He needs to get a little bit stronger. He is a little slight of frame, but he's got a lot of upside. He's got a nice bend. He's very quick. He can get off the line very quickly, and I think he can add another element of surprise or element of scariness for this defensive line in future years as he fills out into his frame more. So Carter Menz, Hayden Shorts are both guys I would absolutely keep an eye on for the future. Then when we're talking about depth players that maybe could get some opportunities in some non-conference games, some players that if injuries were to happen, they could see their names called into a rotation maybe. I'm looking at Nate Becker. I've seen him a lot within the twos opportunities sometimes, especially as they get breathers for some of those starters. And he plays fairly well with those opportunities. He puts his name into the conversation. So I think he is a nice depth player. I think Colton Gregerson, who we saw in the spring game, get two sacks. Uh, He's a young player that has been pushing and working and grinding. He can find his name into some opportunities if injuries or anything were to happen, but he's a guy to keep an eye on for years to come as he brings more depth to this team, speed, a little bit different elements, kind of similar to Carter Menz. So I think overall there's some interesting names there. And then I got to bring up Lucas Finnessy and Jack Hawkinson, who are both guys that could add more depth to this room, that add a lot of insights to this room. Finnessy had come from the linebacker position. Now we're seeing him play a lot more on the edge. So he brings a different perspective to it, but there's a lot of depth. There's a deep room on this edge. I think the upside is very high, but you've got good depth, good backing to that group. So I think this is going to be a major year that this room could surprise folks. And how would I rank them across the Big Ten? That's what we're going to talk about. And that is going to be a very interesting one because I'm not sure that they're a top three or a top five room, but I do think 
they hold a lot of upside in this conference. So we're going to talk about how I feel about the edge rush position across the entire Big Ten coming up next. All right, so we're wrapping this one up, Gophers fans. We're doing our first defensive Big Ten rankings for the position group, and we're talking about edge rushers, defensive ends. That is what we're focusing on today. Now, like I said, in every single Big Ten ranking we've done so far last week with the offensive positions, this is my predictions for how the rooms finish up at the end of the 2023 season. Now, this season was by far the most difficult to rank position-wise for me. I could be wrong all over the board on this one, and I absolutely acknowledge that, but I will take my best shot. Now, when we're starting at 14, I think I'm going to have some very angry outside uh, Big Ten fans from the jump on this one, but when it comes to 14, I've got Nebraska. Now, Nebraska, the only reason I've got them down here at the bottom, it's not to say they don't have edge rushers on their team that can have any success, but you got Oshan Mathis gone. You've got Garrett Nelson got those two players combined had 65 pressures just from those two. And they're both gone from the team. So there's a new regime in there. There's a new system. And now you've got new edge rushers that aren't a part of what has been building over the years. There are a lot of question marks and this ranking is more because I don't know who's got next. And because those departures were so impactful. We move on to number 13, and I've got Purdue. Now, this could sound wild with Ryan Welters going out that way. Plus, you've got Kydron Jenkins, who is a dog out there for Purdue. But this ranking is more so because outside of Kydron Jenkins, I don't really know too much about who will be used where and if they have the athletes to fully run the defensive system that Coach Ryan Walters is going to want to put out there in year one. So this could absolutely end up incorrect but it's a lot more unknowns beyond one player. We moved to number 12. In number 12, I've got Indiana. Now, they've got a nice player in Andre Carter, who is one of the top 10 edge rushers returning to the conference according to PFF's grading. But the real thing is what has changed up to help change that 19 and a half sacks back from last year. Like I said, that's only a half a sack better than what the Gophers were. They were in the bottom 100 or the bottom 30 of 131 schools last year when it came to getting home on the passer. So what has changed to help them tick up? You've still got the same co or defensive coordinator from last year is back. He's a co-defensive coordinator. We'll see, but that new co-defensive coordinator is a safeties coach. So I don't know how much he would be working with the edges or if he is doing anything calling wise, or if it would be last year's defensive coordinator, defensive line coach is the same. So it's like, what will spark the change there? Maybe I'm not very high on IU in 2023, but we'll see how much change there is. We move on to a number 11, and I think, again, folks are going to be mad, but I've got Wisconsin. Now, there is upside in that room. I'll put that straight up. 100% there's upside in C.J. Goetz and they also in Daryl Peterson, both younger players, both guys who have shown little flashes here and there, and you've got a new defensive coordinator to come and try to help elevate them. Trestle talked about with the Big Ten Network how C.J. Goetz has been huge, and he has taken huge strides over this offseason, so he definitely could push them into a higher category here, but both seem to be having a great fall camp, but Herbig is gone. And you know what? He leaves a massive void to fill. So we'll see if they can step up into that type of production. We move on to number 10, and I've got Northwestern. Now, Rich, Richie Haggerty is a killer. 
This dude absolutely can get it done, but I am more excited about the Braun defense. I'm more excited about what he did with NDSU and making them one of the best defenses in the FCS in the snap of a fingers. If he can bring that same type of mentality to Northwestern, they could give some teams some scares in this upcoming year. Now he's the interim head coach. He was just going to be the new defense coordinator, but with all that's gone on, he is the interim head coach. So he will have a lot more say on exactly how they do every bit that they do at Northwestern. And I think he can get this defense creating some pressure in a hurry. It will be very interesting to see how quickly it comes together. Number nine, we've got Rutgers. Now, Rutgers has Aaron Lewis. He is the third highest returning PFF grade for edge rushers in the Big Ten. Now, that being said, similar to Ja Joyner, he didn't get home often with only one and a half sacks. But there's upside there, and I'm not sure that they can keep up with the top six, seven, eight schools. But I do think that they will be in the conversation just on the edge of the top ten in the conference with that Shiano defense. We move to number eight, and this is where I've got Minnesota slotted in. Now, Minnesota has Anthony Smith and Jod Joyner, and I think those two players alone bring a lot of heat and a lot of pressure. They're going to be menacing in the Big Ten. The upside is sky high, but they have to get home on the passer. Still, even with that new defensive line coach in Coach Debo, I think the edge room finishes in the top ten, but I'm not ready to put them into the top five or even six category with some of the production we have seen from some pass rushers in this conference. Now, number seven, I've got Michigan. Now, that might seem low for Michigan, but Michigan lost their biggest edge rusher last year in Mike Morris. He had all of the pressures, basically, for this Michigan team, and now he's gone. Now, you've got Jalen Harrell, who could step up. He's the next man up, but can he do it at an elite level? There's still questions about that. I think Michigan has the talent every year to have players step up and be the next guy for that Michigan program, but the proven production in the rooms ahead of Michigan have too much for me to not put or for me to put Michigan any higher. They made it hard to have Michigan any higher than seven. So that's where I've got them, even though overall their team has a ton of talent. Number six, we've got Maryland. Now Maryland has Donnell Brown. He had six and a half sacks last year at the FCS level, and he will be ready to jump in and create some havoc in the Big Ten. But then his proven production, plus two returners and Greg China Rose, who had four sacks on 20 pressures last year, and Darrell Nachami, who is three sacks on 20 pressures last year. The three of them combined have 13 and a half sacks in last season alone. And that bonded them above Michigan for me. That vaulted them up above them because I could be definitely wrong on that. But I think if Michigan can step up in that category, I could regret this one. But with how much production we've seen, with more depth, with three or four guys that could really put their names into that conversation, I put Maryland at six. Now, five, I've got Iowa. Uh, Joe Evans and his six and a half sacks are back. Uh, if Lucas Van Ness would have returned to school, this group would probably be number one in the country for me. Or not in the maybe in the country, but number one in the conference for me. I'm not ranking every team in the country. That being said, Evans brings enough back to this unit, and Iowa always has a next man up, like always. I don't know how they do it, but they always do. So I expect nonetheless in 2023, they'll be a top five group when it comes to the edge rush position. 
We go to number four, and we've got that nasty team down in Illinois. I've got them with the two edge rushers ready to ball out for a second straight year. You've got Gabe Jockus with four sacks from last year. You've got Seth Coleman for four and a half sacks from last year. You pair him with the interior defensive line, and it is a scary, scary sight once again. Their front seven with those four plus the linebackers, This the Illinois defense is going to have teams in chaos for the entire 2023 season like they did last year. We move on to number three, and I've got Michigan State. Now, Michigan State has Jacoby Winman. He is healthy. He is ready to go crazy. Last year, he had six and a half sacks, or two years ago, he had six and a half sacks with UNLV in 2021. He transfers to the Big Ten. He goes to Michigan State, and he only plays eight games due to injuries, but he has five and a half sacks in those eight games, plus six forced fumbles in those eight games. This man is a menace when it comes to the edge rush position and the defensive line. His upside is nasty on its own, but they've also got a young true freshman in by Joby coming in the number seven edge rusher in the true freshman class. And I think he could make an impact from the jump. We move on to number two and it's Ohio state. Now JT Tumoy Loau, I always say his name probably wrong, but he's a bad man. Honestly, he is that guy, and he is back. And honestly, I don't think we're talking enough about Jack Sawyer also on the edge rush position as well. He's the real deal. Many are going to learn his name very quickly, but I think Ohio State has some high, high upside guys, and that Knowles defense could take another step up in 2023. And if they do, it'll be on the backs of those two edge rushers. So I've got Ohio State at two, but that leaves number one as Penn State. And it's pretty easy for me because Chop Robinson has the highest returning PFF edge grade in the Big Ten. Ten and a half tackles for loss last year, five and a half sacks. Plus, you've got another top 10 returning graded player in Eamon Vanover. That's a ton of upside on the edge rush position. Then you add in true freshmen like Tamir Robinson and Jameel Lyons, who are two of the top five pass rushers in the true freshman class coming to the Big Ten. You've got a nasty room for 23 and beyond, and I couldn't put anybody else in front of this Penn State defense in the edge rushers in that room because they are ready to take the next step up. So that is the edge rush rankings for this week. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Tomorrow we're talking the interior defensive line, and the one room that is number one, I'll give you a key right now. They might be number one in the entire nation. You're not going to want to miss that. And also, if Minnesota can step up the interior pressure and why interior pressure is huge when it comes to fixing Minnesota's issues. We're talking about that on tomorrow's show. I'll see you then. Row the boat, Sky Yuma. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.